Welcome to On The Journey, stories for leaders and aspiring leaders. This is your host, Leo Rodriguez. I'm very excited about bringing you a little preview of what this podcast is all about. Behind it, there is a very simple idea, and it is to give you an honest inside view into the experiences of leaders who are in the trenches that are executing and deploying high levels of leadership today, just like you and me. On the Journey is a platform for them to share and for you to learn how they are traversing that journey. And I want to do this by exploring specifically their transition points, whether they were an account executive or an individual contributor and they moved into a leadership role for the first time, or as they progressed into higher levels of leadership in their careers. Through honest, no-holds-barred conversation, I will explore their motivations, their preparation, their mindset, who their mentors were, frameworks, mistakes, thoughts, and advice. So you can put them into action on your own journey. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader, you have a first row seat to my guest experience, almost like if you can join me and together we can pick the brains. So are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to On The Journey. Enjoy. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of On The Journey, Stories for Leaders and Aspiring Leaders. This is your host, Leo Rodriguez. And this one is another special one, particularly for those that are trying to jump into your first leadership role. I will have with me Ryan Pajot. Ryan Pajot is currently an area vice president for the West of the U.S. at Calibra, a company that I work for. And he has a good leadership career. He started as an individual contributor for IBM and other companies, then transitioned into SAP, where he became a leader through the Aspiring Leader Program. And from there, we plugged him to work with us at Calibra. He took on the West of Canada and very quickly demonstrated his capabilities and moved to manage the West of the U.S., which is a very challenging region back then. Ryan is great. He's, he's a fantastic young leader. I, I love Ryan, the way he explains his career, his trajectory, his journey. I enjoyed this conversation very much. Ryan talks about why leadership for him, what leadership is, and he describes it being a passion for team success and how his athletic career influenced that, influenced his leadership, his style, his passion for winning, and particularly the habit for success, having played at a very, very high level sports, how that influenced him and his thinking about team execution and team success. He also talks about how sports and then later in his leadership career, he was exposed to great coaches that informed his style. And he also talks about how not so good coaches that allowed him to avoid some pitfalls. One of the things I really like from, from Ryan is his greed and he's always pushing and trying to get that extra nudge from every situation. And I think that was demonstrated when he pursued, and in his own words, he campaigned for his first leadership role. Once he decided he wanted to go for it, he campaigned to get his first roles. He, he didn't get it. He didn't get his couple tries. And that is very hard if you're trying to get into leadership. But then he ultimately, ultimately got it, and he's great at it. I can't recommend Ryan enough. And then one of the last things I'll highlight in this intro is that we talked a lot about do you need to be a great player to be a great leader do you need to be a winner and i think ryan summarized it very well when he says i didn't necessarily want it to be the best but i wanted to play at the highest level so when i come into a leadership role i know what those practices are i know what those are habits are and i know what playing at the highest level is so i can instill that in my team. And I think that's a very important distinction. I want to thank Ryan for being part of this podcast and to you, the audience, all of this and much more in this great conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Pajol. Today is a very exciting date. I have a person that I admire and esteem a lot as a guest and very excited about bringing him to you. His name is Ryan Pajot. He's a regional VP at Calibra. We worked together there. I had the experience and the pleasure to 
interview him and bring him into the organization. Ryan has a long career as an individual contributor and as a leader through IBM, SAP, and then Calibra. Uh, and besides being just a great, wholesome person, he's, he's a great leader. He demonstrated great leadership. And the thing that struck me from Ryan when I met him is if you pick up from your mind what a leader that's got it, Ryan probably checks 99.9% of the boxes. It's uh, he He's not only a, a great person, but also embodies sort of a lot of the values that I think in leadership. So Ryan, welcome to On The Journey. Well, thank you so much, Leo. Very, very nice words, very kind, and uh, couldn't be happier to be here. Very excited for today. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you here, and it's great to being able to show your leadership journey and share it with the audience. This this is the purpose of the podcast is to bring people that is in the trenches, right? It's, it's yeah. like you and me working and deploying great leadership and not necessarily have a platform to to share that. So su super happy to have you. And I always start with you made your own transition into leadership. It, it was an intentional one. And, okay. you know, what what inspired you? What was the why? What's the why of transitioning into leadership for you? Yeah, no, it's a it's a good question. And I think, you know, that's a question, honestly, you get asked in any any interview for when I was making that transition from kind of an individual contributor to a yeah. to a leader. And um, the why for me, and, it, and I would say it's evolved a little bit too, but the one fundamental kind of common denominator has always been one of having a passion for team success. And within that, and what grounded that was as a leader, I always felt, and I saw that through my athletic career, and now it's still in my professional career as well, being a leader affords you that extra bit of influence to ultimately dictate, you know, how that team performs, right? So for me, that was, you know, what I, if, if passion for team success is what I care about, being able to be a leader on whatever team it is or initiative, you know, it affords me that extra bit of influence that ultimately the accountability is on my shoulders to you know, drive that team forward and try to meet and exceed those objectives. And that's what inspired me. That's what kind of gets me up in the morning. That was something that's always been, I think that's held true since I started to make that first transition to a leadership position. And even right. today, as mm -hmm. I look to, you know, future leadership positions. Team success. So I listened to you and I pull a couple of threads. You you brushed very quickly around. You mentioned something about your, your athletic career. Mm -hmm. And I, I can guess, and I know it, but I would guess that there, there is a lot of things that you did today that are anchored in your experience as, as, as an athlete. So what was that? What was that, that experience? It's many, right? From uh, when I look back at, a, again, an individual contributor career, like you do understand pretty quickly kind of what, you know, what it takes to be, um, you know, in the upper echelon of, of the team and, and you know, have that be something that is rooted in you as a desire and an ambition, right? I think that was something I always, you know, I was just wired that way. And I know that sounds cliche, but that is, um, and I think others could could relate to that. You feel like you're wired in a way that I want to be the best, right, on the team. Um, and then when it came to, you know, making that transition to a leadership position and uh, seeing, you know, how influential and strong a coach or leader could be to, influence your success but at the same time you know if you're exposed to maybe some poor leadership uh how that has an effect on not just you but your team as well i saw that firsthand many 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 times right and i think when you know after after you see it a few times you definitely it, it instills in you hey this is something that if you feel like you're ready and you've you've developed and and you know been exposed to the experiences you need to to put yourself in a position to be successful as a leader if that's something you're you're striving towards you could take it by the horns and actually make it happen and, and ultimately affect the performance of that team there, there is a lot of people that don't want to be in leadership positions right, right? They, right. they just don't yeah. they don't yeah. want to deal with the B side of leadership, which yeah. is dealing with people and, yeah. and you know, all the, all the things that are hard, like, like higher levels of responsibility. Yeah. Uh, typically the leaders I talk to, they, they there is a seed there that, that blooms mm -hmm. um, or, or germinates throughout their career. Was, was there for you? Was, was there, did you recognize it? Yeah, it was there as long as I can remember, to be honest with you. And I think yeah. that's, you know, again, I, I hope this doesn't come across, you know, disingenuous because it's, it's just this is how it's always been. And I think this was a um, and that probably goes even to my upbringing too, Leo, to be honest with you. Right. Like this was something that, yeah. you know, 
it, you know, my, my parents never said you must be a leader or you, you know, do it this way because this is the way a leader would do it um, by any means. But I think it, it becomes a bit natural. And then, you know, in every scenario I was in, again, athletically, professionally, academically, I always strive to be one of the best at the top and not just, you know, with a with an empty dream, but rather here's a plan to get there, right? And I think when it came to the professional world, as you climb the ranks and want to take on more responsibility, which, you know, in actuality is what you're doing as a leader in many cases, that drive and determination never went away and that ambition never went away. So it's always something where, you know, as you look to the next three, five years, how can I take on more responsibility and you know, right. what is, what does that role look like? And then ultimately what's a plan to get there. Right. So that was, I, I've always had that drive and ambition. And I think it comes down to, I haven't hit a wall yet in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's clear to me that, that you yeah. haven't, um, and, and there is a long road ahead. So if, if I can take you mentally right. to that transition moment, right? Okay. That, that moment where you move from individual contributor to, to yeah. a leader, let's, Let's put a timeline just a few months or a year before and, yeah. and a little bit after what happened in that transition. Was was a tap on the shoulder? Was a intentional move yeah. into a transition process? What how did that look like? So for me, I would say I wish it was a tap on the shoulder, right? It, it, it very much was not. Um and I would say, if I'm being honest, right, like my age and, and tenure within any organization was was one in which there was still, you know. Uh, time to grow. Um, but at the same time, yeah. what I knew in my heart and just, you know, factually was I was able to kind of get, gather enough experiences to be ready for that or as ready as you could be for that next position. And then at yeah. that point, Leo, once you kind of feel like, okay, the time is now in terms of I've gathered enough experiences, I've been, ex I've been successful in the areas I want to be successful and really achieved what I set out to achieve as an individual contributor while at the same time preparing myself for that next opportunity, it then became a bit of a, you know, a campaign of sorts to really understand, you know, what were those next two or three opportunities and ultimately do the the legwork to kind of go and meet the hiring managers, get on their on their radar and be very clear and intentional, as you said, to uh, you know, what I believe this next position could be for me and why. So it was it was a bit of a journey in that regard, a multiple processes in which I did not get the role I was aspiring to get and took those experiences to build for the next one. All right. Well, well there is a lot of gold there, a lot of yeah. nuggets. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna break it down. Let's I don't do know it. if you prepared it, it, but but there is no, a no, lot no, of good stuff I, there. I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. <laughs> you mentioned that you felt that you achieved what you needed to achieve as an individual contributor. Um, what is your opinion about, like, do you need to be accomplished to be a better leader or a great leader or or successful as a leader or effective as a leader? What? Yeah. It seems like you think you you need to, but now in retrospective, do you, do you think it's needed? Uh, I it's it's a, it's I think that's a really good question, and I think I've seen. I've seen both, right? Where I've seen folks that have been right. extremely successful as individual contributors, and they've carried that success into a, a first or second line leadership position. I've seen the opposite, right. I'm sure, as I'm sure you have, where there's been extremely successful individual contributors that have have really struggled, you know, in a first line leadership position because they just don't have, uh, you know, for one reason or another, those leadership capability you know, capabilities or competencies that have transferred naturally into that position. My thought was always this, like I didn't need to be the best in the world, you know, as an account executive necessarily, but I certainly wanted to be able to, again, gain the experiences, the successes that, you know, right. that top 10 or 15% had had. And I, and I was lucky enough to do that, right? So where I take that pedigree, I would say is, you know, and where there's a benefit is now with, when you're working with a team, you've been there, done that, and you've done it at a high level that that does naturally build credibility with the team. Right. So that was kind of the way I wanted to enter leadership was not, I wanted my brand to be someone of, you know, hey, I was successful as an individual contributor. I carried that success into a leadership position. While at the same time, you know, I took a, a secondary strong focus on building those leadership competencies ahead of, ahead of that role. It's very interesting the way the way I'm I'm processing what you're saying is for, first of all it doesn't necessarily need 
the success as an individual contributor doesn't necessarily need to manifest as you know a big success, but you need to have the experience to aspire and try to get there because that's the only way you will understand what it takes to be in that successful position, right? And when exactly. you become a leader, you can see that through that experience. So you know you're not gonna you're not gonna be a great AE if you don't put the the groundwork, the grind on calling on on the practices, right? And yep. you know the level of like how the dial needs to look like to be successful. And if you at least didn't attempt that, it, it's not going to. It's not, you you can't recognize it when you when you're a leader. Most probably you can't. So that's great. I I like it. And and one thing I noticed about you now that we're talking through the podcast is like when you're talking about leadership, you you know you're not kidding around, right? You get really no. serious. You get really intense. <laughs> And, you know, I, I like the audience to to understand, and I, I do the same, is that we're, we're not kidding. It's, it's very, very important for us to yeah. to take the leadership responsibility, right? What's your reaction to that? As soon as you were saying that, I, I agree with you. And I think it goes back to my mindset of, you know, leadership is not a destination for me. It's a journey. And I think it is for you. Right. And I think you can yeah. tell pretty, you know, you, you can observe pretty quickly, I think, those who who have made that one leadership role the destination versus leaders that are on the leadership journey. And I, I like to pride myself on being on a journey and that's why you do take it seriously. It's not a it's not a role to be taken lightly. And I think we'll I'm sure we'll dive into more today about why that is, but it's uh, you know, you have the careers and livelihoods of many at your fingertips uh to work with, mold and continue to grow. And it's I take that very seriously, just as I would yeah. hope, you know, my leadership does with me. So it's a, it's a serious topic, but it's a, it's a fun topic too. Yeah. And, and I think we, we're also both you and I are on the journey, right. And, yeah, and we're, absolutely. we're still learning and, and when you're learning, you're concentrated and you're serious and, you know, maybe we will be one day where, where everything is second nature and we can have a, a little bit more fun, <laughs> but right now we get serious through it. Um, you, you, you talked about preparing yourself for the role. Right. And you use the word intentional. Yeah. How that looked like, you know, what, how would you describe it for somebody that is trying to get there today? You know, for starters, you, you, you do have to pick a, or choose kind of a, a target that, that you feel is, is attainable, that you believe others will feel is attainable. Perhaps you have to, yet again, you know, might have to, uh, you know, might require some extra legwork to get people, get people mentally there to see you in that position. But you want to you want to pick a couple roles, I would say that, and and couple being the you know the operative word in terms of you know a few roles that you can dive into and really understand. Okay, what is it that that role requires to actually make an impact, essentially? And I would say that this was something that I think I I learned early on as well. And I and I had a pretty robust set. And this is a good you know advice for anyone listening. I would say is you know I had a very healthy, robust set of mentors outside of the organization that I was at as well as a few inside that helps kind of shape and, and craft and scope what it meant to kind of be intentional for that next role and what it, you know, how I could kind of shape that vision accordingly. But having a few roles kind of as, as targets allow you to, number one, not be so single threaded on one role. Cause again, things happen, changes get made, et cetera, that, you know, ultimately you just may not get that position, but having that diversity across a few different roles, that was that was a key a key area for me, and then in terms of being intentional, Leo, to get back to your the the question was again going back to you know who, whoever was making decisions for those roles, whether that those decisions were imminent or whether they were you know we they were known to be down the road. It was really like forcing my way into an interview essentially, and and you know being right. very very clear on you know why I believe I could bring that business to the next level you know, having some thoughtful dialogue to, to support that using some of my experiences as obviously as some, uh, some things to point to as well, where we've had success and really making them feel that, Hey, this is something that we can count on. And Ryan's certainly in the mix for that next opportunity. Look, I, now I understand a lot more why, why you and I, we, we ended up being so connected, but every, yeah. every leadership role that I got was specifically pursued right was crafted and yeah. and it's so important a lot of people want to get into leadership from from the subset of individual contributors that want to get into leadership they never spoke up they never right. speak up they never yeah. you know yeah. tell 
the hiring manager in their own organization. Some of them are afraid. Some of them are entitled, like, well, it should yeah. be me because I'm here. Yeah. But the first step starts with you going out there, right? And, right? and putting yourself out there. I like what you said about optionality. Don't don't yeah. be so set on a role that right. if it doesn't happen, things change today in all companies that you created some optionality for you that ended up getting you the first role, um, which is important. And also, you know, I, I've been interviewing people and, and mentorship, it's very important, right? So can you tell me two things? One is, mm -hmm. Was there any specific training or program you went through before becoming a, a leader and what you learned from that? And second yeah. is the impact of those mentors, who they were, how they acted, et cetera. So it's a yeah. kind of compound question. Yeah. So giving you the floor to, to run with it. That's great. That's great. Yeah, maybe first on the training front. So yeah, internally at the previous organization, there there was an aspiring leader program that I, again, even in that regard, uh, you did have to be intentional, kind of raise your hand to get put into that consideration bucket essentially. So I was lucky enough to be able to be, you know, accepted into that program and really groomed as a first line leader that was at SAP. So that was an exciting program and one that like anything, you, you definitely walk away from those types of programs and, and, and trainings feeling like I'm more ready than I was, you know, a week ago for that next opportunity. Yeah. And, and there's always things you can continue to kind of find out about yourself in terms of blind spots as you look for that next how, role. How long that, was it? Uh, that was one it? was a multi multi week, like in in person as well as some virtual. So it was actually it, it went over about an eight eight month period. And what was cool about that, I, I will say too, it was a it exposed you to some very very senior leadership inside the organization. It actually combined with another training that I was selected for. That was the Catalyst program at SAP as well. So that was a a very highly regarded kind of uh, um, you know distinction within within the SAP org and. And again, allowed you to get exposure to some senior executives within the organization and have some open dialogue that allowed you to, in my case, kind of build my story, right? Of what what I believe I could bring to the table next and and almost, you know, bounce that off some senior people that, you know, in a safe space. So that was, I thought that was valuable for sure. Do you remember like some of the topics and the, the sort of the subjects that were exposed during those trainings that... Yeah you kind of kind of stuck with you yeah i think um two in particular i would say like topic or subject areas where you know they uh you know helped kind of guide my some of my guiding principles on some of those things one one was managing change um you know change in this business is constant at, at any at any software or technology organization obviously so it's being able to kind of come up with effective strategies and methodologies to manage change, not just within your own psyche, but ultimately how you manage change with your team or manage your team through change. Many of those kind of fundamental or foundational skills and uh, have transferred into several different leadership positions that I've done today. So that was that was probably the big one, actually, I would say at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. And I think the formal training, it's very important when i was selecting for you know so many leaders throughout my career this is one of the things i look at yeah was there any formal training leading up to that because th th there is a lot of galore out there on and i'm not i'm not sure i'm using the word right but it's more like well everybody's winging it so i'll, I'll wing it right mm -hmm. and and through formal training you start getting some some actual usable frameworks that you can apply and they work right. instead of you trying to trying to just just wing it or learn on the right. job right even if it like like you said i was more more prepared than before it right I, I probably wasn't fully ready and you'll never be fully ready no but you pick those things that make your life a lot easier and actually accelerate and speed up the pro the process of being effective as a leader, right? And in terms of mentors, like what yeah. what was the impact of your mentors throughout your career? It's been very impactful. And what's been interesting, and I think this was, again, a, you know, something that I've I've focused on and been intentional about, and some of it comes naturally as well, which is the change of your of your mentors and the evolution of your mentors over time. I've probably had, you know, I, I thought about this actually before we we got on the call today. I probably had over. 25 to 30 mentors from when I started. Oh, wow. You know, my professional career about 13 years ago. So it's a, it's a couple new ones a year and some have stuck with me. Like I still, you know, <laughs> you know, I still have a few that, you know, I would call up 
today that I, I was able to luckily enough yeah. be exposed to, you know, 10, 12 years ago. But what I've, I, one piece of advice that I, I really took seriously and, and I put into practice around mentorship was as you continue to move into different roles or, or roles that required more responsibility, I was mm-hmm. always searching mm-hmm. for mentors, you know, almost, and I, you know, it's, it's hard to put into words, like almost two, you know, two levels up, so to speak. Right. So if right. you're, if you're right. in an, if you're in a first line leadership position, you would like to have someone in your mentorship, call it board of directors, that is in that more senior position. And why that is, is not necessarily because that's the role that you're, you know, striving or aspiring to become. However, it's just another perspective, right? And I was really big on, you know, trying to find a diverse series of perspectives across my mentorship base. Because again, the, you know, I just found that interesting. I'm a, I'm a data, I'm an analytics guy. So, you know, having more sources of data and then putting yeah. it together and coming together with a decision is, is always critical. So uh, mentorship's always been very, very important. And I'm always, always looking to round out that kind of constant membership, you know, mentorship uh, board of directors around me. Yeah, bo- board, the board of directors of mentors yeah. is something that is absolutely critical. I also yeah. love the intentionality about not anybody, not not just somebody that you're comfortable with, but somebody that actually it's a couple of steps above. Yeah. I, I love the sort of kind of the, 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 the thought process around who needs to be almost a, you, you have the freedom to make that selection, whether that person likes it or wants it, right? You, you pick that person and you yeah. observe, you model, and, and hopefully you, you get to build a relationship, right? That's been very successful. I think it's, it's amazing actually over the years, you know, uh, how many, you know, it, it, it kind of struck me as, as I thought about it, you know, how many mentors you could work with. And I still to this day can look at each one and say, wow, I, I picked up this tidbit from, from him or her, or, or this really held me. And it's, uh, I'm unthankful for all of them. And I get a mentorship, receiving mentorship or now giving mentorship. And I do have quite a few mentees as well. I take it very seriously. And that's a, that's another area where I think if you're not leveraging mentors, it's it's you're missing the you're missing an opportunity for sure. Yeah, you're missing an opportunity, and and I think the the ability to build that network and then pick up the phone, if if you get into leadership and you think you're going to have it figured out, you're going to have a very big surprise. You you will right. have stuff no matter how much you prepared, how much how organized you were leading up into it. I would I would predict that in the first thirty days you're going to have to manage some some big big thing that you're not prepared for. Or it might be a minor right. thing, but you just don't have all the elements. You can pick up the phone and say, like it happened to me this week. I, I'm putting together compensation plans for, for AEs. Right. I know some parts, but not all of them. So I pick up the phone, right. talk to a CRO friend of mine, uh, texted another one, and in less than half an hour, I, I got the thing figured out, right? At least right. I have a couple of options without... So it's your own personal library of, of mentors. So. That's great. So one more through that transition, and then we'll we'll go into execution and some some other uh, thoughts. Good. But you said you didn't get the first one you were aiming Oof. for. Uh, so the accomplished Ryan as an individual contributor, all of a sudden is, you know, it could be experienced as a big failure, right? So so how how do you yeah. traverse that? What happened? What was the role? And then you end up getting something. So so how that happened? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. I it's and I think I. It, I think it was third time was the charm. I, I went through two <laughs> processes actually, where I simply just didn't wow. didn't get the role, was not selected. You know, different reasons in, in both cases. But I would say in the first one in particular, you're right. Like there there was an element of feeling like you know unnatural as it did. it should have been. It was it, it felt a bit of like like failure to a degree, and it felt like you know you had done cliches right. You've done everything that you 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 know you needed to do, yeah. and you thought you had everything lined up and. And they went in a different direction and it was, uh, you know, it was tough to swallow, right? And I think I probably, to be honest, I probably didn't manage it as well as I would have liked looking back. The good news is I was able to kind of quickly turn the corner and, and again, gather those experiences, understand where there were areas where I could have improved within the process itself. And even prior to the process, and that goes back to the whole being intentional and really getting on the radar I think was an area of, of uh, perhaps a blind spot. So as you go through those next ones, by the third one, I was pretty locked in and, you know, I was successful in, in that pursuit. But uh, that's another aspect where, you know, you could be a high-flying, successful account executive, first-line contributor. That doesn't guarantee you that next role. And that's just not the way the business is. And that's not the way, you know, in any aspect of our life, um, 
you know, it's not as linear as that, right? So you do have to, like luck is required, timing's required, and you need to be prepared to accept that. And, and frankly, accept that rejection yeah. and that, you know, quote unquote failure and have that be part of the process. So the quicker you can kind of uh, accept and digest that, I think the the better you'll be off for that overall pursuit. Yeah. Very, very important concepts is, is, yeah. is necessary, but not sufficient to be yeah. successful in your role. And wanting is not deserving, right? So yeah. you might want and you might think you're ready as a leader, but then you, you realize once you become a leader that are not the same thing, it's not the same right. skill set and you start growing into that, right? Um, that's partially why a lot of people have idealized this role of a leadership. They, they step into it and then step back out because it's just not what they thought about it. And on, and on that topic too, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, that's another unfortunate kind of uh, casualty of some of this as well as I've seen, I've seen a, multiple scenarios where really solid first line, or I'm sorry, individual contributors, they pursue one first line's, you know, role, first line leadership role, they don't get selected. And yet they, they basically use that example as, or that, that experience and that, that basically, uh, you know, squashes any, any further desire for them to go for that yeah. next opportunity. So they just can't handle that yeah. initial rejection or, or in this, in this case, failure. So that's unfortunate as well. Good. Kudos, yeah. kudos to you yeah. for the resilience yeah. and, and it's needed in this job, right? So what was different? once you stepped into the leadership role from what your mind told you that it was going to be like the Rolls Royce is not in the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People is not bowing to you. Like what was in your mind and what, what it became to be, but more seriously, like how, how did you experience that? Yeah. I think there's a couple, couple things that popped in my mind that I would say were, were kind of different, not a lot different than my expectation, but definitely, uh, definitely different. And, and I think one of them was, you know, I would speak to, again, you know, feeling like you're kind of on top of the heap as an individual contributor, then move into a, a leadership role and you're kind of back at, you know, you feel like you're back at square one at times, right? And and the reality is it's your success is not defined anymore as as individual success, but it's by your team. And the real, and then kind of that brings me to my next point of what was different. And that was, it is very challenging depending on the team that you have and that you're working with of how how quickly you can influence that success. And I think that's the, I, I think I went in with a mindset that, hey, I can quickly ramp up a team and and get them from point A to point B and to a point where they're performing at a high level. And the reality is, you know, it takes a lot of time and it takes everyone pulling on the same side of the rope every day. You can't have a day off in that regard. Like, you know, and, and that's the... Yeah. That's the area where I expected that to a degree, but I would say that that was probably one of the more eye-opening things was, hey, I want to have yeah. success now. And I was used to, <laughs> <laughs> and I was used to, yeah, you know, I if, know I, that, if yeah. I personally buckle down, I could make things happen a bit quicker than maybe most is what I thought. But at a leadership level position, you're, you're, you are at the mercy of, of your team's day in, day out success, which again, you can certainly put your fingerprints on, but it does take time. So yeah. my patience has grown uh, over time, <laughs> but it's it's uh, that was definitely a bit different than maybe what I expected. Yeah, I mean, you're you're speaking to a very very big reality when you become yeah. a leader for the first time, maybe also for the second time. No, it's it's like you think you're going to snap your fingers and everybody's going to line up to right. what you want, and then you learn that you got to communicate. It's not only communicate; you got to repeat it, and then you got to do this, and you got to put a plan, and you got to put everybody on the same bandwidth and it takes yeah. it takes time it for you to internalize that and then for the right. team to start reacting and then you know you're not dealing with computers it's, it's people that ultimately have their own lives and their own reactions to your message some some align to it and love it and some others don't and i think right. that's that's also good right um 100%. so mistakes I can't believe you went through all those years of leadership without screwing up one time. Any mistake that comes to mind that that you uh, learned yeah. from and what yeah. did you learn from it? Yeah, I think um, one mistake I would say or something I would certainly do differently, especially in, this was more specific to my first leadership role, was trying to spin a message of perfection and, and probably oversell, you know, what we've you know, our, our team's success and, or, or what was predicted success versus the reality. And I think that was something I learned pretty quickly as well was, you know, it's, 
the reality is the reality. Like the data will be what it is. Our performance will be what it is. You know, there wasn't a lot of benefit, frankly, to to kind of telling a, a rosier story or depicting a rosier story than what was actually there. Um, so I think the first few months, the first couple quarters, I was probably a bit more, you know, bullish on where the business was than where than in actuality <laughs> where it turned out to be. Um, and I, yeah. I think in large part, obviously, just naturally, you want to you want to get off to a good start. You want to, you know, especially in my case, you're starting a, you know, you, you, you failed a few times, you finally got this position, you want it to yeah. go really well right from the beginning when the reality was it, it was going to take some time to get it to where we needed it to go. So that was probably my biggest, you know, mistake, I would say, or, or thing I would have done differently. But it was it was good to it was good to experience that as well. And I think that that has carried me forward into as I've moved into different organizations as a leader, you know, you, you paint the story that's real. You still paint it with a, yeah. you know, I, I'm a glass half full opposed to glass, you know, half empty type of person and leader, but, you know, you don't sugarcoat things uh, either. So we live in our in an industry where you got to be at the same time an optimist and a realist right. or a pessimist, right? So right. you got to give people a lot of people and, and you're a East, you got to keep them motivated and and, and optimistic about things, but at the same time, you you got to look at opportunities and the forecast. You got to say, "Well, this, is this real?" And I've I'm I've I've been probably one of my areas of development is I sometimes I transfer my my I, I misplace them. Like I'm I'm right. I'm right. negative when I need to be my optimist, <laughs> and and I've I've had my team sometimes kind of push back on me, saying, "No, we can do this. We can go push right. them." Or like, "Yeah, it's it's, it's great." Um, if you pick three or five things, three or four or five things that as a leader today, you keep your eye on, like your life depends on it, right? What What are the things like, if you're talking to somebody that is coming into leadership and, and you look at your journey and say, okay, these are the things that you, you can't, not that you cannot miss, but you, you got to be very, very intentional about yep. uh, all the other stuff falling into place. What, what are those three or four things that you look at? I mean, one for sure is team morale. So I think that was an area where I, I, I think you, you know, you're you're only as good as your people. You've all heard that. You're only as you know, as a first line leader, you're only as good as your team, right? And I think that's yeah. your your team success is driven on each individual. It's, and and if and if two or three are just not, you know, not hitting their stride, that's a big problem for everybody, right? And I think so. And yeah. in many cases in our business, Leo, and I think you'd agree is the morale of the team is is paramount. And, and you know, we continue to go through changes as an industry, changes constant day to day within our business, as I mentioned before, and it's say, you know, how that affects the morale of the team, where their head is at day in, day out is very, very important to me. And I think as a first line leader, it needs to be at the forefront and where we see issues with morale, we try to control them as best we can with what we can control. So that's an area I would certainly keep my eye on. I mean, I think, you know, it goes without saying as well, like what what my leadership cares about, right? So at the end of the day, whether it's my my direct leader or the broader leadership within the organization, you got to know what the, and then take to heart and ultimately implement a plan to execute on what the company goals and objectives are, because those change. And I think it, you know, you could blink and before you know it, you're you know, you're focused on some things that maybe the company is not as focused on. So I think, uh, and vice versa. So having a real clear eye on is my team doing day in, day out, yeah. what we need to be doing to meet those broader objectives, I think is, is super important. And then I would say as a first line leader, like, don't forget to have some fun too. And, and I, I would say like, that's an area where it's, this business moves very quick. It's quarter in, quarter out. It's day in, day out. There's a lot of noise good and bad. But I would say, you know, make sure you keep your eye on, am, am I personally enjoying what I'm doing? Am I enjoying the aspects of it? And find yeah. new find new joys within, within the day-to-day, I would say as well. What I found enjoyable and fun as a leader, you know, a year ago versus last week um, have changed, yeah. right? And I think that's, a, of that's course. an area yeah. as well. So those were kind of the, you know, three things I would say we, you know, as a first-line leader, you, you want to keep your eye on. I'm I'm terrible at having fun. I, I tend to be <laughs> extremely serious. But uh, I think the number two is something that is lost in a lot of leaders I've seen. That yeah. first of all, as a leader, understanding what your leadership and the company are trying to do strategically, yep. Yep. and second, take that, articulate it, and embed it in your plan. That's right. 
it's another thing that that I see a lot of leaders kind of not taking the time to think that through and understand how that looks like in their organization and and implement it, which I, I think you're you're hitting absolutely the nail in the head there. Yeah. Um, so moving on, so we're gonna start we're gonna start landing this plane. We we took it off. We we we've had a great conversation so far. Yeah. Um, I, I think we have another number two uh, because there is so much stuff that you're dropping, <laughs> Ryan, that is so important for the people that is looking at it. And, and you know, starting by the reality that leadership is messy, right? Yeah. You, you want to get into it. You want everything to be perfect. Like you said, your first experience is like, well, everything's going to be perfect. I'm going right. to project perfection and, you know... <laughs> It takes a couple of weeks and you get yeah. punched in the face, right? Everybody yeah. has a plan until you get punched in the face and you're surely going to get it. Um, how do you, how do you manage, how do you manage your mindset? You talked about team morale as one of the mm -hmm. important things, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you got to take care of you yourself, put the mask on you before you put it somebody else. Yeah. How do you manage your mindset? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, without at the risk of using too many cliches, it really is, you know, controlling what you can control has been the most effective way to manage my mindset, I think, over the years, honestly. You know, at first it was, oh, stay positive or, but the reality is some things aren't positive and you got to be able to adapt quickly. I think the, the controlling what you can control, whether it comes to things that your team is bringing to you, concerns, issues, complaints, in some cases with internal processes, things like that, you can only control so much. And if you let yourself be consumed by every little thing, especially the things that you can't control, yeah. that's a very tough road, right? Now. And I, and I yeah. think uh, a road that I didn't want to go down and, and, and I haven't, right? So instead, uh, you know, say, hey, I'm going to control what I can control, you know, raise concerns, issues to people that can make a difference or actually make a change. That's been a more healthy, I would say, productive approach to how I handle my mindset day in, day out. And frankly, it gives you more opportunities to again, focus on what matters, which is the things you can control and the things you can influence. Yeah, same same thing. I think it, it's another another pothole and potential derailment for everybody that is listening that is aspiring to leadership, is going through leadership, is like you cannot solve every problem. You cannot control right. every circumstance. And you have to be very selective and understand right. what you can and what you cannot control. Right. Uh, so that's a great, great thing in, in, as you're executing, right? You project very, very calm, very cool, very, you know, collected. Yeah. Um, do you allow, or do you think it's, it's positive that leaders allow themselves to emote in front of their team and why or why not? Yeah, I think um, this is an interesting one too, because I would say if you would have known me, you know, and maybe some folks listening will say, you know, I was much more emotional years ago um, than uh -huh. I was uh, today. And I think that was <laughs> yeah, it something. It doesn't show today. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I uh, that was, that was, you know, I, I worked on that personally intentionally to maybe be less emotional on a day-to-day -day basis, but rather try to kind of have that even keel, you know, kind of a calm, cool, collected, you know, approach to many of the decisions I made or, or as things kind of came my way. I would say I've been exposed in many cases to, you know, leaders and coaches that have been extremely emotional and quite the opposite. I personally react maybe more, you know, better to, to someone that might show a bit of emotion. Like I, I've never shied mm -hmm. away from someone kind of putting emotion on their sleeve. I think where I've been able to show emotion in my leadership career thus far, it's been, you know, when the, when we're in positions where, Hey, we, we know we have to achieve something. It's starting to get down to the wire, so to speak that authenticity and that transparency and ultimately that emotion starts to come out with the team to say, no one's hiding here. This is what we need to do, you know, ladies and gentlemen. And this yeah. is, you know, I, I, I want everyone to rally behind this objective and let's go do it. I, I think, you know, being too emotional, yeah, you put yourself at the risk of maybe that works the first few times, but eventually you might lose the audience. Right. And I think that's an area where yeah. um, I try yeah. to be very, very uh, intentional in, in ensuring that that was not the kind of leadership style I wanted to project and right it's a great thing and and I I think as I I develop as a leader um you learn to control what triggers you right and you also learn to 
I wouldn't say manipulate, but kind of understand what certain emotion that you project, how it mm -hmm. impacts people. So you start using that right. for the good of the team, right? right. So we, we're always trying to elicit some sort of action and emotion. And, you know, if, if I get all riled up, people's going to get all riled up or right. they might not interpret it well. But sometimes you need to, you need to be emotional, yeah. right? Uh, yep. You need to say, guys, if we don't do this, this is going to happen, right? And and I'm I'm really stressed about it, and and um, but use it intentionally, not that's right, not just let it flow bec just because, right? Because you can create a lot of havoc, and you also got to have the foresight to say I'm going to react this way, and then I'm going to catch them on the other side, right? That's so right. They don't, right? So so don't let it go crazy. So I I appreciate that. Um, great. So so. You know, we're, we're, we see the landing strip. We're, we're getting there now. The sort of the a little brainy, brainy questions is when you look back in your youth, right? When you look back in your experience as a very formative years of your life, um, I, I like to explore episodes that stuck with you, and you now use those skills or or, or that episode influence you as a leader today. Gave you a skill or perhaps it tells you some things that not to do. Um, so the question is like, can you can you pick one of those episodes and, and how that has impacted you as a leader today? It's difficult to kind of narrow it down to one episode, but I would just say there's been a few oh, of course, examples okay. yeah. Uh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, clearly in my past where, and, and most of them do still kind of tend to, I tend to get drawn back to like an athletic setting where I, again, I've seen firsthand good coaching, inspiring coaching, you know, the the ability to kind of craft a vision that people can rally behind and how that made me feel and how excited and motivated and inspired it made me feel to want to go out in this case on the ice from a hockey perspective and and get the job done. And I and I, I just remember, you know, multiple kind of either whether it was pregame discussions or or in game discussions with coaching that that I I try to emulate some of that theme and that that mantra within how I approach my leadership career today, um, the power of of you know motivational leadership and motivational coaching, I believe is is very strong. And in this again, in this business that we're in too, you know, everyone has their own motivations, and and sometimes people need a nudge, and and you know, being able to do that effectively is is a really really important skill if you can if you can master it. And I'm not there yet, but I, I do believe. Uh, that's an area that I continue to focus, and I think it's a, it's an effective one. And absolutely, and it shines through through your teams, right? So before before I let you go, um, one like one double click on that. It's yeah. is any framework or anything that you can share with the team or the audience about how do you do that? How do you build that motivational message, or or like how would you deconstruct one of those? Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, again, and this is a, it can be challenging at times because it's it's not everyone's motivation is aligned, right? But I do think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all on team, you know, whatever organization you're at, right? And I think that's where I try to try to drive it around a common goal that most, if not all, people should be able to agree. Hey, this is something when I wake up every day, we want to achieve, and then being able to kind of craft what it means when we do achieve that objective or that goal. So it's not just to achieve it for the sake of achieving it, but what does that really mean to our shareholders, to our investors, to you know the broader ecosystem, et cetera? There's, there's a lot of power in that final five yards after we go and achieve a goal and having people understand, wow, I could be a part of that. And that's exciting. And this, this gives me a bit more of a, you know, why I'm doing this uh, clarity that maybe people are looking for. I think sometimes we get lost in the detail or we get lost in, you know, the journey sometimes of how to get there and and maybe forget, you know, what it means when we get there. And I think that's where I try to shine a bit of a light on that and uh and make sure that we get everyone excited and, and that's uh that's uh and motivated. So that's that's to me an area where I think we've really uh been able to unlock something. Creating and articulating and motivating image or vision yeah. is, is critical for, yeah. for leadership. And some leaders are very operational, right? We need to yeah. do these A, B, and C. And I, I think adding that layer is tremendously impactful and, yeah. and 
tailoring that to what it means to each individual. It's a, it's a lifelong journey to get there, uh, hands on the journey. So right. Ryan, again, I, I think you've you've poured gold and silver throughout the <laughs> the the podcast. I mean, there is a lot that people probably can take on and, and implement their own journey. I just want to take a couple of minutes just to celebrate you as a, as a leader. I'm a couple of things that come to mind. One is I'm I'm sure we're going to look at this ten years from now and. It's going to be a nice little thing that the CEO of X, which is going to be oh. <laughs> you, is going to look back and it's going to say, look, when I was just a young leader, I did this podcast with this guy. Uh, you can go in, like if somebody's researching you, they can look at this and, and see you in progress. So that makes me very, very uh, proud of having you here and, and privileged. The second one is, I wish I could have been part of your team and not, you know, your leader, because I, I would I would have loved to experience that motivation that you bring to the team, um, and and to and to your execution, right? Because you know I, I feel I'm I'm missing out, but I know you're doing tremendous work. You're deploying fantastic leadership in Calibra and and probably in your future. Um, so 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 happy to have it have you here. I had a great ride um any, anything that you want to share with the with the audience any last thoughts well i would just say you know uh thank you right i mean i i'm 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 privileged to and humbled honestly to be you know one of the guests on the podcast and i uh i you know again i really enjoyed uh you know your leadership and and that's something that i think you know this is a fantastic platform to to you know bring together you know leaders aspiring leaders and and everyone alike to to really get a, a good glimpse and 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 vision into kind of what uh, you know where you are today and where you might want to go, so and some of the some of the trials and tribulations that may come along with that. So I, I think it's a fantastic uh, opportunity, and again, I'm just glad to be a part of it. And uh, you know, hopefully, your listeners again pick up a, a little something that they can bring with them to uh, you know drive them forward. They they sure will. They sure will. Thanks, Ryan, for being with us today and. Uh... The, the door is open for number two, so we'll, we'll get together soon. I'm ready. Thank you, Leo. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like this or any other episode of On The Journey podcast, please subscribe, like, or comment in your favorite podcast platform. This episode of On The Journey's idea, writing, recording, and production was created by me, Leo Rodriguez, and it was edited by Martes Multimedia, owned by Ricardo Urdaneta. You can find Martes Multimedia or Ricardo Urdaneta through Upwork.